Hello, listeners. We are so glad that you've joined us again uh, for another conversation podcast. Uh, If you remember from previous podcast introductions, this is just where we're going to talk about the things that are on our heart. It's pretty much, well, it's definitely unscripted, uh, but we don't necessarily always have things ready to go, sources ready to go, those kind of things. It's just going to be what we think the Spirit wants us to talk about. As always, I'm Brad. And I'm Scott. And this is not about us. All right, Scott. Well, here we are again, another conversation uh, podcast. These are always very exciting for me. This is our this is our Sabbath, and we're going to share it with our listeners. Absolutely. What do you got for us today? Well, first, um, as always, I think it's super important that we invite uh, the head of the conversation in. Let's uh, let's start with a prayer. Absolutely. So Yahweh God, we just want to tell you how much we love you today. You are awesome. We praise you. We give you all glory and honor. Hallelujah. All praises belong to Yahweh God, and we just want to give them all to you. Hallelujah. So Yahweh God, we just thank you, invite you in. We just want you to know this is not about us. Please take control of this as we go along. Please let your words be spoken, not ours. Please let your spirit minister to hearts. Yes. Anyone listening to this, not us. Because what we have to offer are sticks and twigs and will burn up when put into the fire. But what you have is gold and precious gems and fire will only make it more precious. So thank you for being a part of this. And uh, we, just, we just say, be the part. The so, best part. Yeah. What do we have today, Brad? Well, for starters, I just want to say uh, thank you, for, uh, first of all, to your mom, um, who sent us something kind of interesting. Um, there's a gentleman that shared a couple dreams that he had and yeah they're they're pretty cool if not also a warning oh yeah absolutely so this gentleman uh his name is uh dana coverstone and he shared um it was on facebook wasn't it it was on facebook and he shared this dream um that he originally had uh, last december and pretty interesting basically he was seeing a flipping calendar and on certain months there was uh, a hand would tap it multiple times, kind of giving emphasis to those months. It was March and June. March and June. And the interesting thing about that is then he saw some of the events that were going to happen. And he saw people wearing masks. Uh, he saw people rioting. He saw people angry. Um, he saw all these kind of things in the dream. Didn't know what they meant at the time. Yeah. Didn't know what they meant. And then didn't share that um, because, well, probably kind of like me. I've had a dream, uh, dreams. I've had two dreams, um, technically three, but I put kind of two of them together because they were based on the same subject. But 
I've had these dreams and I don't always know if they're meant just for me or if I'm supposed to share them with others or or what, but so I can I can kind of put myself in his place. I wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. go out and shout to the world, hey, I had this. Yeah, he said he shared it with uh, a couple of his friends, a couple people at his church, but uh, but he didn't go online. He didn't broadcast it. He just, it was kind of like, hey, I'm having this dream. What do you think about this? What's going on? Kind of like you and I have before, Yeah, Scott. exactly. But then he recently had one, and he felt, okay, it's important. I need to I need to tell people especially well after his first dream came to pass so vividly right and as he watched it happen he realized God had told me about this exactly um, so in this next one it was the same kind of thing but it got even a little more uh, concerning uh, saw the calendar September was a big month but November when he got to November it did the did the tapping on that, you know, saying this was important, but then he literally saw a fist punch November. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how uh, he saw all sorts of things. Um, he didn't see any leadership in Washington, D.C. He saw Russian and Chinese uh, soldiers on the ground. Um, he saw the protesting getting out of hand and lots of, uh, lots of pretty vivid images that are that are interesting and frequently throughout these visions he just saw or he just heard a voice saying brace yourself Mm -hmm. now whether or not whether or not any of the things that he uh dreamed come true or not uh have to applaud him for a couple things one being courageous for being able to broadcast these dreams to the world I got to admit, I was terrified when I broadcast my dreams to the world Mm -hmm. and they weren't even, they weren't this, they weren't of this importance. They were actually more just for me, more personal. So being able to do that, to be able to listen to God's will and get that out there. And another thing is too, he's taken a lot of flack for this now. His, uh, his family church and, and, uh, his family, um, I've, I've seen many posts now where he's been asking people, please, you know, if you got a problem, if you don't believe me, that's fine. Take, uh, take it up with me. But they've had to like disable YouTube comments on the church site and all sorts of things because people were going there and they're attacking him. Now I won't, you know, he basically says in the video too, wait, wait to judge me until December. If November comes and December comes and none of these things happened, then say whatever you want about me. And mm-hmm. and I kind of agree with that. If if you don't believe him, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth attacking him about it, especially <laughs> especially if there's going to be truth to what he says. No, I, I agree with you. Um, now this, I will say it spoke to my heart. Not I, I'm not saying um, he, he spoke it to me in a bolt of lightning hit me on the head and went, it's all true, believe every word. I'm not saying that. Because uh, I don't know, but I can say it ministered to my spirit. It really got me. Uh, I For years, uh, ever since the 80s, I have been a student of eschatology, a student of the end times. I've been paying attention. Uh, I've been seeing things ramp up. I've been seeing puzzle pieces fall into place one at a time, and the picture is becoming clearer. We're getting much closer to the to the end but whether he's 
accurate or not, there was a benefit for me in that through this video, I felt God just reach out to me and say, how serious is your chase? Uh, now, I have been growing. I've been going through a personal revival as of late, uh, the last few months especially here, and I feel good about that. I feel stronger, but I feel God was really telling me, it's got to step up. It's got to step up. You've got to chase me with everything because there's about to be nothing else left. And I don't want to sound like I'm putting a date on anything, but guys, let me say this. If if it's not all happening very soon, and I'm not saying it is, if everything is not coming down right away, we could still have a lot of garbage be coming down right away. The world was not about to go through Armageddon in World War One, but for a lot of people, it felt like it. The world was not about to go through Armageddon in the, in the 40s, in, in World War II, but a lot of the world felt like it. And quite frankly, here in America, we have been isolated from a lot of the horrors that have been happening in the world since. And we're not even aware, for the most part, of what's going on. Our news is not covering a lot of the most horrific things that are going on in the world. For example, it's estimated that over 120,000 Christians are killed every year in the world for their faith. How many of you were aware of that? How many of you are hearing stories of that going on? Because they don't care. Because the world's system is not interested. Because the world's owner right now, spiritually speaking, does not want that kind of thing broadcast. But there's a lot of people in the world, not just Christians, uh, a lot of people all over the world that are going through some pretty horrific things on a daily basis. Guys, if, if we say, oh, the end times isn't coming, the end times is really far off, okay, you could be right. That doesn't mean other garbage isn't going to happen very soon. Our society is decaying. We, to deny that is to say you're willfully blind at this point. I mean, I'm just going to say it. If you say, no, our society has not been decaying for the last 40 years, uh, is just going to be you, you're trying to be ignorant. You're actively ignoring history and, and everything going on. So I value what this guy was saying because it reached me on a personal level that said, you, Scott Snyder, you get close to me. And it really shook me in that way. And I know God is shaking his church. He's shaking his body. He's shaking his assembly. And he's shaking us who call ourselves Christians and believers first before the world begins shaking, but the shaking of the world is about to begin, whether you want to believe it or not. You can hate me for saying that, as if you hated this guy. Was I'm sorry, I lost his name. I don't have it in front of me. Dana? Dana. Dana. If you're one of the people that got mad at Dana, you're going to get mad at me for saying this too. Uh, whether he's right about specifics or not, God is shaking all of us, and he's allowing the shaking to sift out the gold and the diamonds from the chaff and from the garbage. The question is, what are you going to be? Well, in any way we look at it, Jesus spoke about the birth pains in the last days. We, we are going through some things. And even having dreams and visions in the last day, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, all of these things are going to happen. Real quick, Second Timothy uh, 3, 1 through 5. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, 
boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. I don't know about you, Scott, but I see that. How can anyone not? I mean, that's... Lovers of themselves. Yeah. Atheists. Lovers of money. That's obvious. Uh, Mm -hmm. Boastful. Proud. How many people... everywhere. How many people, when you ask, are you a good person, 99.9% of people are going to say, yeah, I think I'm a good person. Mm Mm-hmm. It's no, you're not. Abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. That one gets me, you know? Yeah. Brutal, not lovers of the good. There are so many not lovers of the good out there right now. I mean, it's just, it's it's all here. And, and Jesus broke it down. There will be plagues and famine and, and all of these things, and it's happening. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that it might be tomorrow. It might be November. It might still be a ways off, but we are in this time. We are seeing these things happen. Uh, September 11th was a horrible situation. It wasn't Armageddon, it wasn't everything falling apart at that time. It wasn't here comes the Antichrist and everything is destroyed. But that was a horrible moment in American and world history. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so, so my point with that is don't think that if, if you're out there going, oh, the end times aren't close, that doesn't mean that terrible times aren't upon you. Yeah, and... When when Jesus made the connection about birth pains, um, something that I thought of was, you know, they start out further apart, mm-hmm. but then they get closer and closer. You know, we're gonna we're gonna we're our, I think we're seeing this. This is another thing that maybe some people don't know about, but there's the the famine. It's happening, not here in America necessarily, not yet. We're starting to see the beginnings of it, but there have been locust plagues in. Most mm-hmm. of Africa and 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 Europe, uh, not most of Europe, but getting into Europe and China and, and all these places, they're destroying their food. So yeah, right this moment, maybe we're not experiencing famine, but that has an effect on us as well. COVID, uh, I, I'm sure people have noticed the price of meat has gone up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we're going to see these things, but they are getting closer. We had a plague. We have famine starting for most of the world. We have the the riots, the anger, the hate, the violence. It's all happening, and it's all happening in a short period of time. So, in my mind, it doesn't. It's not that far or that hard to believe that come November, we might have some other major issues coming in. Now, all of this, I do want to emphasize the just like Revelation. It's so easy to focus on. Armageddon and all the evils of the dragon and the beast and the horrible things that are coming. And we fail to realize this is the story of of his victory. This is the the revelation of Jesus Christ. We are not trying to promote fear. We are trying to be faithful watchmen for what we see is coming so you can prepare correctly. I am not claiming everyone run for the hills Everyone grab your shotgun. 
Everyone blow the head off the next person who comes your way. It wouldn't help you anyway. Yeah. Um, We're not going there. We're not trying to say terror is on the horizon. You're a dead man. Throw your hands up and surrender. It's pointless. The only ones we want you to surrender to is Jesus. He's got the victory. We need to be uh, like the prophet who said, show my servants the truth when the army of the enemy was surrounding them and the servants eyes were open to see the army of god that was for them that was much larger and much more powerful we need to be in a place where it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at us and that's why we bring these kind of things up to you when we see them and that's why i'm glad dana brought it up and and i and i thank him for bringing that up because it ministered to me Not to raise my fear level, but to make me more sober, to make me more dedicated and disciplined and say, you know what? I am a lover of God. I am an heir of God. I am a child of God. I am a friend of God, but I am also a soldier of God. And I cannot forget that. And I need to be disciplined and I need to be ready to be victorious, I need to be listening to him. I need yes. to see him. I need to be with him, or I'm going to be outside of his victory when it happens. One of the greatest tools in the arsenal of the enemy is distraction. Yes. He is deceiving us. He's distracting us. I'm not going to say, oh, watching football is bad, but watching football, playing video games, mm-hmm. waiting for your next episode of your favorite TV show, waiting for the next movie to come out. All of these things are not necessarily bad by themselves, but you got to realize there is a distraction there. They are are distracting us from God, from the things that really do matter. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm not saying just because you go see a movie that's bad and wrong and evil. Right. But are you being distracted from something else? You know, Mm -hmm. I, I think it's time that we wake up. I think it's time we really look at it and go, what is a deception? What is a distraction? Uh, what should we be doing? We, and to do that, you, you just need to listen to God. Yeah. And I want to share something that, that just hit me this week. And Dana, if you happen to be listening, I do want to thank you for sharing that. But it uh, later, I was in the shower and I'm listening to my music and Chris Tomlin's uh, Amazing Grace comes up. And this is just really, I just feel the spirit just... Like I said, just that that soberness. That's that's the best way, I, the best word I can use for it. It was just a focus. It was just a a sense, an overwhelming sense of how serious this was, and God was just laying that upon me. Take this seriously. And I came to the the last the last lines of Amazing Grace by Chris Tomlin, and it said, "The earth shall soon dissolve like snow; the sun forbear to shine." And that destruction and chaos right there in those two lines, there was like, yeah, that's going to happen. I wasn't denying it, but it, it didn't really phase me. It was just, yep, I'm acknowledging that to be true. But then the next two lines, but God who called me here below will be forever mine. And it was like God just broke on me with those lines and I started weeping. And it was like, that's what it's all about. The death and destruction that Satan's going to throw at us, yeah, they're going to happen. But the fact that God, almighty, all-powerful, all-loving God, will not leave us through any of it. He is the conqueror, and 
he is just wanting us to be with him through this so we can be conquerors too. The Bible defines us as more than conquerors. Uh, and I had a friend, uh, a pastor friend of mine one time describe it. I thought it was really clever. This was when uh, Mike Tyson was married to Robin Givens long time ago. He said, Mike Tyson goes out and beats his enemy down. He is a conqueror. He comes home with that $40 million paycheck or whatever, and his wife takes it out of his hand and says, uh, thank you very much. I'll go cash this now. She is more than a conqueror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't want to, well, that's not true. I want to scare people in a sense that they take this information and they run to Jesus with it. Absolutely. I want to scare them in that way. But I'm not scared. Now, the thought of all of this stuff going on it doesn't terrify me. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, I, the idea of having to go through tribulation or trial or all these kind of things, it's not always fun. No, not at all. But I understand that ultimately it has to happen for the victory. And I am, I am so excited at the thought that uh, he's going to be coming. And the reason he is coming is because he loves us. Yes. Because he wants us. That, to me, is one of the most exciting thoughts I can, that I could ever think. And we've said before in another podcast that God has given us free will because he wants us to love him back of our own free will. The moment he comes back and says, that's it, it's over, I'm back, I'm putting an end to all of this, all of that is done. For that reason, I believe that that's why God's delaying the end, so that no man will perish. I mean, he said it himself. He said, I, he legally had the right to come back as soon as he was resurrected. He is delaying it. He's been delaying it for 2,000 years because he desires no one to perish. He wants us all to run to him. So that's my plea to you now. You have time. Run to him. I believe we're all going to be standing before the judgment seat of Christ, reviewing our life, and we're going to go, There are going to be times in our life where we're going to be going, why, why did I make that choice? Why didn't I run to him at that moment? Right now, you have that choice. Right now, you have that ability. You won't have that ability when your life is over and you're reviewing it. You have that ability right now. Please use your time wisely. Absolutely. And something that I will often say is um, I feel a sense of urgency because even if... This generation doesn't see all of that. We're all going to die, and it could very well be tonight. So don't put it off. Yeah. Think about it. Just, just That's all I'm asking. If you're listening to this and you're undecided, just think about it and then search our motive. Mm-hmm. We have no motive other than we just want to share the gospel with you and the hope that you might think about it. That's... And you know what? That's that. I'm glad you brought that up because that that was what I thought of of Dana sharing this. I was like, why are people so mad at him? What's his motive? If this is a lie, and if this is all false, what does he gain from it? And that's one of the things that you know. I again, I don't have. I didn't have a dream. I didn't have a, a sign from God. I didn't have God show up in the, in my living room and go, everything he said is right. I didn't have confirmation in that way. I will say it ministered to my spirit connected to some other things I've already been studying and already been learning about, but I didn't have absolute knowledge from God come down 
but that was one of the things that struck me is if he's mistaken, I felt that at least his heart was right. He's, he's trying to be faithful as a watchman who's yep. been given a vision about what the enemy is doing. And if the watchman does not share that vision with people, then he is just as guilty as the enemy who comes in and destroys. And yep. he will be held accountable. So he was not letting that go. He was giving uh, the warning that he was offered. But other than that, I was thinking that was, that was just hitting my mind. What? does he have to gain if he's a liar what does he have to gain through this he's it's not money he actually has a lot to lose um because he has uh he's a pastor of a church with his father i believe i don't know if that 100 percent accurate on that but if uh this all turns out to be wrong no one's ever going to believe him again yeah who's going to listen to a pastor that makes some sort of declaration and then it doesn't happen Mm-hmm. He actually has way more to lose than he does to gain by this. So, yeah, search his motive. Search our motive. All all we're trying to do is to just present the God that we know and we love, and we're just trying to present him to you because we want we want you to know that love too. We want you to, to have that relationship because it is awesome. And uh, this actually leads really well into one of the things I want to say, and that is my next shout out. I've said that every one of these conversations, I'm going to shout out somebody that's touched me, influenced me. I just want to say thank you. Here it comes. It's going to be about me this time. (laughs) I just know it. I just know it. But it's uh, today I want to shout out, um, hopefully, uh, most of you know him, but uh, his name is Toby Mack. Yes. Oh, good one, Scott. Um, He is a Christian musician. Uh, rapper, and recently his son Truett passed away, and this it this whole situation really hit me hard because uh, I've been I, I have been a fan musically of Toby Max for a long time. He began with a group named DC Talk, and uh, they were a group for I want to say eleven years, eleven twelve years. Uh, you can look that up. But then they all split up, did their own thing. Uh, Toby Mac went solo, and his music and his lyrics and and just his heart have really grabbed me for many years. Just I believe again. I've said this about every single person that I shout out to. They're not perfect. I know if we really dug into their lives, we could find some garbage, just like you could with mine. Not trying to claim he's the Messiah or anything like that, but. Toby Mac, again, we're tiny little nothing. Not many people are listening to us. I'm cool with that. But Toby Mac, if you happen to hear this, we love you. We thank you for all that you've given to us. And in your music, it has really inspired me personally. It has touched me. It has made me cry. It has made me jump for joy. It has has made me dance. And believe me, you listening out there, you don't want to see that. (laughs) (laughs) But... Um, dance like nobody's watching. Just make sure they're not watching. That's that's my phrase. But um, but then when his son died, the statements he put out, and again, just like this Dana for releasing his stuff, I couldn't believe some of the hatred he got for just his son dies and people were mad at him that he wasn't mad at God and yeah. he wasn't blaming God and he wasn't rejecting God and angry with God. And just 
Toby, I thank you. I thank you and your family for the heartfelt statements of faith and love that came out after that. And I know you don't know me, but I know that you are going to see your son again, and you know that. Oh, absolutely. And just the peace of saying the separation in this life. uh, Brad has just experienced it with his mother. There's a separation that comes from loved ones that you miss them, and it's a selfish separation because you want them to be here for you. But the, the wonderful thing about knowing Jesus is realizing that separation is temporary and that realizing this vapor is going to be over far quicker than we realize and all of eternity, there's going to be no more separation. There's going to be no more tears. There's going to be endless love. There's going to be peace and perfection for the rest of, of I don't want to even say time because it goes beyond time. Uh, but Toby, I just, I, I lift you up in prayer for what's just happened. Uh, recent, now it's been several months. It, it doesn't, it hasn't just happened, but, uh, we just thank you and we love you. Oh, totally concur. Toby Mack, your songs have gotten me out of a pit before. I have, uh, I just need you was one that frequently, uh, comes up in my, my playlist and every time. Sometimes you skip songs, but that's one I just, I can't skip. I don't want to interrupt you, but can I say real quick? Yeah. Um, I, I have this thing, and I don't know if I mentioned it here before. Brad knows my thing. Yeah. I have a list of songs on my, on my phone. I've got over 200, and I hit random, and I, I just tell God, I say, especially if I'm going through something, I say, God, what message have you got for me? And I say, the first one's mine, second one's yours. Second one's your message for me. And I just let God speak to me through that, whatever he's going through. And I was going through a really hard time. And I'm so glad you brought that song up because I was going through a really hard time and just not knowing what to do. And I said, God, what do I do? And first song came up and, and I, it was my choice. So I say, that, that's not from God. I chose it. So second song, I, said, I put it on random. And the second song was, I Just Need You by Toby Mac. And, and as the world's getting you down, everything's falling apart, and, I ju- and the whole song, I, please go listen to it if you, if you don't know it. The song says, I just need you. And I was, I was crying because it was like it was perfect for me at that moment. And then I went on. The song ended, and it was going on, and the third song came up, and it was, I just need you by Toby Mac. And I had totally forgotten that I had saved that song twice. Because the song came out as a single and I recorded it. Then the album came out later and I, I purchased the whole album. I totally forgot. I had the song on my phone twice. And I was like, what are the odds that it would come up exactly in those two spots? Second and third. Uh, and it was, such, it was such a blessing for the Holy Spirit to give me that at that moment. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, Brad. You just mentioned that and I had to share that. No. I mean, that's where I was going. The song, it's a good song. Listen to it. Um, it's gotten me out of some tough spots too. It's, it's just got that encouraging, you know, message to it. Just starts out, you know, last night put the heavy on me. Woke up and I'm feeling lonely. You know, how, how many times has that been me after, after someone's had let me down? The music video too, it basically, it's just showing him kind of like running away. And I can tell you, there have been times where, 
I've I've had those thoughts. You know what? Just pack up. Just run away. Mm-hmm. And then I realize that uh, no, Brad, no, just stay here. Fight your problems because all you need is God. And then when you got God on your side, you can make it through. But no, I totally agree. Toby Mac, you're awesome. I appreciate you. I appreciate your music for getting me out of some some places I didn't want to be. They were definitely encouraging and uplifting. Uh, you will <laughs> always be in my playlist. <laughs> well, it feels like we haven't said much, and yet we've gone on for a long time. These have really brought out some some passionate things in both of us. If you would like me to, maybe this would be a good time. I've been avoiding it for a while. Do you want me to give my other dream? I think that might be a good idea, actually. Okay. Considering what we've been talking about so far. I've told, I told people on the podcast a long time ago, I had two dreams I knew from God, and I gave one of them earlier. I've avoided the second one for a while just because this is not about us, and I wanted to make sure there wasn't any selfish motivation in this. I've had a couple times where I've thought, oh, that would be a good time to say this because of what we were talking about, but I didn't want to monopolize anything. I didn't want to take over, so I've held off, but this might be a good fit for it right now. As I said, the first dream, you can go back and listen to previous podcasts where I gave it. Um, I actually incorporated some of the other dream into my second Spirit Man comic book. Uh, So you can actually see it on the page. Uh, Paul, the artist, has drawn images of my dream for you. So uh, that might help. But this second dream is for every one of you who feels like you can't be loved by God because of how worthless you are. And I had this dream years ago. Uh, my son is 19 right now. I don't know exactly when I had this dream, but he was—he did—he wasn't born. He, he wasn't even conceived yet, so it had to be at least 20 years ago, if not more. But I was—I uh, was very heavy into pornography at the time, and it was just a real addiction for me. And I don't want to get too deep into the history of that because it was just something I'd fought for a while. And I was, I've been a Christian all my life. I've never given up believing in Jesus Christ, but this was a fight that I had. It kept coming up. It kept being a desire for me, and I kept giving in. And this one particular night, I was working nights, and my wife was working days. So on my days off, I was basically at home all night doing nothing. So unfortunately, I had the computer I had the internet at, it was early on, it was like a 56K modem, uh, wasn't what we have now, but I had a lot of time to indulge in this if I felt like it, and one particular night, I just gave in, and was going for about eight hours, all night long, and by the end of it, I was feeling so horrifically guilty, because this was not the first time I'd fallen, and I deleted everything from my computer. I erased the history, I erased all files that I had saved, and I'm heading to bed, just giving up, and I am weeping, and I am just feeling like the most hideous person on the face of the earth, because I've given in again, and I know it's wrong, and I know God doesn't want me to do it, but I did it, I did it, had no excuse, had no, nothing happened, just nothing that I could say, well, it was that fault, it was the reason for this, no, I just did it. And I am feeling like the most worthless person on the planet. And I am crying. And my wife gets up. She gets, she gets up. She's going to prepare for work. 
So she's out of the bedroom, and I'm all by myself in bed, and I'm just weeping, and I'm saying, God, I trust you. I know you love me. I'm not calling you a liar, but I don't get it. God, I don't get it. I have to admit to you, I don't get how you could love someone like me. I am so worthless. I am so horrible. I keep screwing up in this way. I keep walking away from you. How could you love someone like me? And I just went to bed crying that over and over. Not calling you a liar. You've said you love me, but I don't get it. Fell asleep and I woke up in in a chair, in like a, a just a, a, a yard chair in, the, in my backyard of this house. It was my house in the dream, but I'd never seen it before. It was just a dream house, but I knew it was me. I knew it was mine. It's one of those dream things. You, you just know everything about it when you're, when you're in it. I'm in my backyard. It was a long, wide backyard. It was a very large backyard, and it led to an alley in the back, and I had a little baby girl. And she was about three years old. I'm guessing on her age, you know, it's just, she was about that age. And like I said, this was before I had a child. I have one son now. This was before he existed. And I just had a little baby girl in this dream. And I knew she was mine. And I don't know why. It was just a dream thing. She was the most precious thing in the world to me. In that dream, I just, it was just, I immediately knew she was my daughter and she was the greatest thing in the world and she was playing with me and she was smiling and she was laughing and we were doing daddy daughter things I was you know grabbing her nose and and she was giggling at that and uh and we were just having just joyous fun and just watching her laugh was the greatest thing in the world and as we're doing this we, we spent some time just playing and laughing and she noticed a butterfly and she she got distracted by that and she wanders off and and I just watched her explore her world and I sat there in a the chair watching her and I was consciously thinking I could sit here forever this is the most wonderful thing in the world and she's the most wonderful thing in my world and as I'm watching her I hear this loud rumbling sound and I look to my left and this big, ugly black truck that's just spewing smoke pulls into the alley. And by this time, my daughter had made her way to the alley where she was looking at something on the ground. And I thought, oh no, she's in the way of the truck. And I looked over at my daughter really quickly and I saw her and her head turned and it looked right at the truck coming. And I thought, oh, she sees it. Okay, she'll get out of the way. And again, it was just a dream thing. I just sat in my chair and waited. I don't think I could have gotten up if I'd wanted to. Uh, it was just one of those dream things you had to go through. And I watched and the truck kept coming and she just kept watching it. And she just watched it as it got closer. And the next thing I knew, my child was dead. And I was horrified. And I was screaming in that dream. And I was crying out. God, how could you do this to me? She was the most precious thing in my life and you took her from me. This is not fair. I want her back. I want her back. I'd give anything to have her back. And she was gone. And there was not even a body. I ran to where she was and there was no body there. And I was on the ground. And I was just crying. For all I was worth, I couldn't handle it. 
And two neighbors who saw what happened came up to me, and they started saying the most horrible things. And they started saying, oh, I saw what happened. Oh, she saw that truck coming. Oh, you're better off without her. Such a stupid child. Oh, you're, you're, thank goodness she got hit by the truck. Thank goodness she's killed and she's gone because you're better off without her. Child, that's stupid, that horrible, you know, good thing she's out of your life. And I swear to you, as they were saying that, I wanted to kill them. I was like, how dare you? How dare you say such horrible things about her? She was the most precious thing in the world. And and I was rising up. I was on my knees when they were saying this. And I started to stand up. And I swear to you, I don't know what I was about to do. I was ready to just lash out at them. And I, did, I didn't care how far it would go. I was so, so angry at the horrible things they were saying about my precious child. And suddenly, as I'm standing up before I can do anything, one of them goes, look. And I look over. And in the corner of my yard, there's my daughter standing there. And she's just looking downcast and, and, and afraid. And I ran to her. I ran to her and I grabbed her and I was vaguely aware of the two neighbors. Just, they were actually, they were disgusted that she was still alive. And they just walked off like, oh, I can't believe he's taking her back. And I was checking her out and I was checking her out and I was looking for wounds and I was looking, are you hurt? What's going on? And she was, she was very obviously afraid but as I was checking her out, I suddenly became aware she was not afraid because of what had just happened. She wasn't afraid of the truck. She wasn't afraid of what she had just gone through. She was afraid that I didn't love her anymore. And that broke me. And I couldn't believe it. And I looked, I, I took her face, I held it in my hands, and I looked at her and I said, No, no, don't believe that. I love you. I love you. Don't you understand? There's nothing you could ever do that would make me stop loving you. I love you. I love you. And I kept repeating it over and over and over and over until I started to feel that she believed it. And once I just felt that she was believing it again, I grabbed her nose like I had before and she giggled and she laughed and once she laughed all was right in the world again and and it was all wonderful again and she started laughing and playing with me again and then she was dancing around the yard again and I got up and I was heading back to my chair just to go back and enjoy her being there again and at this point in the dream my wife came out the back door and called us both in for supper. And I watched her yell, you know, yay, happy things, and went running to my wife. And I was just thinking how wonderful this was. And slowly the dream started to fade away. And, I, and, and it faded right into reality. The dream just faded right into my living, my, sorry, my bedroom. And I swear I heard the audible voice of God in my bedroom telling me I love you I love you don't you understand that there's nothing you can do that would make me stop loving you 
And I hope that those of you out there who have gone through the same thing, I hope that ministers to you. Brad mentioned in his his vision before that he was going through much the same thing. And I thought about sharing it at that, that time, but I didn't want to step on, on him, like I said. Scott, but, you've told me this dream before, and it's just now uh, dawning on me that the same the same thing happened to both of us. You were crying out, how can you love someone like me? And I was doing the same thing. I was I was reviewing my whole life and I got to a point where I was chasing after a relationship with God and I realized I was still doing those terrible sins and I was so sad and so upset God how can you love someone like me he came to us in different ways Scott but I'm just now realizing he came to both of us in those moments when we really really needed him the most and I'm not wanting to break the emotion of the moment with a logical analytical Bible study but I want to encourage you with this. I truly believe that's why the Apostle Paul received his vision from God and Jesus came to him personally because he was honestly chasing. He was in the wrong, but he was honestly chasing God with everything he had. And I honestly believe that's why God came to Brad and I at these times because in that moment we were honestly chasing with everything that we had. We were honestly crying out with all that we had. And if you are saying, I wanna know God in that way, I want, I want a dream, I want a vision, I want a closer experience with my loving Savior, cry out, cry out with all that you are. Don't let anything stop you, don't give up. Don't stop if it doesn't happen tonight. Don't stop crying out if it doesn't happen in a week. He loves you so much, and he wants that intimate connection with you. He's just waiting for you to cry out. We've said it before. He's a lover, not a rapist. He will not force himself upon you. He is waiting for you to take his outstretched hand. So please cry out. I think that's a good time to end this. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Scott. As as always, this is Brad. And this is Scott. And as always, this is not about us. <laughs>